sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting from her child's birth through the months of her baby's life. Today, we continue our conversation in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over 12 months, we are following three new mothers along their breastfeeding journeys, learning how they cope with breastfeeding challenges and settle into the breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. This is The Boob Group, Episode 51. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boop Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boop Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. Today we are joined again by our three lovely panelists. Uh, Ladies, will you please go around and introduce yourselves? We'll start with you, Jen. Hi, I'm Jennifer Oliver. I'm 34 years old. I work in nonprofit administration and I have two kids. Fiona is three and she's sitting behind me with earplugs in uh, working on my cell phone. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Bryson is also with me today and he is 10 months, almost 11 months. Hi, I'm Cherry Christensen. I'm 32. I work in consumer research, and I have one daughter. Her name is Callie, and she is exactly 10 months old today. Yeah. Very hard to believe. Yes. (laughs) We're going to try solids again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Annie, go for it. Hi, everybody. I am Annie Hall. I am 36 years old. I'm an architect, and I have one daughter. Her name is Eleanor, and she is just about 11 months old next week. All right, ladies. Well, thanks for being here, and welcome back to the show. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. 
It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. So it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So here's an email that was sent from one of our listeners, and this is from Caitlin, and she wrote, Dear Robin, nearly five months ago, I sat in my son's room a month from my due date and was searching the app store for something, an audiobook maybe, to listen to while I put his teeny clothes away. Instead, I found the boob group, and I am so glad I did. I knew I really wanted to breastfeed and took classes at a local pregnancy resource center on breastfeeding, signed up for WIC, read books, and educated myself as much as I could throughout my pregnancy because, by golly, I was determined. I listened to many of the episodes the last three weeks of my pregnancy, and it helped me be less overwhelmed by the thought of breastfeeding. Before I allowed my visitors in to meet my baby, I was sure to try and feed him. It was mildly successful. I think that having a non-breastfeeding mother hovering over me was more of a hindrance than I will ever admit to anyone but you, but she was trying to help. I will admit, however that I committed some breastfeeding sins in the hospital and soon after. Pacifiers and supplementing on doctor's orders due to severe jaundice are things I would change if I had to go at it again. Even though I'm a sinner and I say that in the most sarcastic way, my son is almost four months old and thriving. We are able to we were able to ditch the formula after a couple of weeks, haven't had any latch issues after the first week, and this child is outgrowing his clothes faster than he can wear them. I am so proud of myself for sticking with breastfeeding and learned so much about it. I have become so passionate about it that I want to promote it to every new and soon-to-be mom. I have decided to begin school in the fall to become a lactation consultant and show other moms that if I can breastfeed my son successfully, anyone can. Thank you for being an unknowing guide to my career decision. If you have any advice, I would love to hear it. Thank you, Caitlin. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market today in the boob group we're discussing what annie jen and cherry's breastfeeding experiences have been like during their baby's 10th month so ladies let's just start it off um what is it like to breastfeed a baby in their 10 month and how does your what does your breastfeeding relationship look like right now jen um, I think right now it's actually going really well. Uh, we are not avid breastfeeders over here. Bryson is kind of more interested in solids than he is in my boobs. Yeah. But um, it helps when he's sick. He loves to breastfeed. And then also he's still kind of breastfeeding a lot at night. Sometimes it's one to three times at night. So that kind of helps keep the supply up. And um, he's actually not as distracted. So now he'll actually breastfeed um, a, through a full cycle um, of letdown on both sides. Um, but it's pretty easy, but it's not its not a big deal for Bryson. Yeah. yeah. But it, I love that you brought up, and I'm sorry to cut the, the other two ladies off real quickly, but I love that you brought up how helpful it is when your baby's sick. Because that's a, um, another reason why a lot of parents will actually, or moms will continue to breastfeed even into toddlerhood. Because sometimes when kiddos don't feel like eating anything else, 
else, at least they know that they're getting nutrients and it's also very comforting. So um, he probably totally ramped up your supply in the past week or so. I with think that, so. With that nice little pink we've eye. Been, yeah, <laughs> we've, been, we've been sick for like a couple months straight yeah. between the two of them. So, Aww. How about you, Cherry? What is breastfeeding looking like for you? You know, it doesn't look that different to, to nine months for me. I think everything's pretty much the same. Callie's still nursing um, all the time, especially when I come home from work and um, all night long. Um, I'm, I feel like maybe she's not nursing quite as much, but don't get me wrong, it's still a lot because she was nursing so much before that even a little bit less is still way more than everybody else's child's <laughs> um, nighttime behavior. But And she's still not that interested in the bottle during the day from my husband. She'll take... You know, just enough to get by as as always. I but I think I'm just fine with it. You know, when we're together, it's great. And I'm as I'm being more and more back at work, and work is getting busier and busier, and pumping is harder and harder for me. To, you know, to make the time. I just I love that I can just come home and right away she wants me, and we nurse right away, and it's like connection that kind of picks right up. That even if I've been gone for eight or twelve hours, and um, so I'm really enjoying it. It's been it's going really well. Awesome. How about you, Annie? Um, it's going really well. I'd say it's, it's, I feel like I'm at the end. Um, but that's just simply because of my schedule and maybe just where I'm, I'm feeling. I don't feel like she needs it as much. Um, but we bottle during the day and she takes it just fine. And she, we breastfeed first thing in the morning and then, um, breestfeeds essentially before she goes to bed and that's it. Yeah. So, and then on the weekend, it's all the time. Yeah. And it's probably a little more often than she would during the week just because I can feel it coming. And so it's uncomfortable for me. So I just put her on. (laughs) (laughs) I probably completely screw her up for the whole weekend. Because then I, all of a sudden, I don't know what her schedule is all day because I'm, I'm in between just putting her on one side, putting her on the other. Um, But I still definitely, my left side is maybe an ounce and the right side is like five. And so, so I put crazy. her on one side so that she makes sure that she gets it and it, there's something that comes out. And she for sure gets more than the bottle, than the, the, the pump, pump does, for sure. And then the other side, I just, yeah. So I'm, I'm absolutely lopsided, but <laughs> it works. That's awesome. Um, ladies, what is your favorite part about breastfeeding a 10-month-old? When she's asleep. <laughs> you know, someone actually asked me this question yesterday, not about breastfeeding, but just kind of like moments of peace that I have in my life. And if I could like box up a little moment of happiness, like what moment would that be? And the first thing that I thought about was um, just kind of late at night when, you know, I really struggled to get her to sleep. And when she's finally asleep and she's just laying in my arms, nursing, um, sort of like side lying in bed or the exact same in the morning when I'm awake and she's not awake yet. And she's just quiet and peaceful just because she has so much energy and I have so little energy (laughs) that it's like in those moments where um you know I don't need to to have more and we just kind of you know are both sort of giving each other exactly what you know exactly what we need so um so yeah to me that's probably my my favorite moments although I love I love all of it you know those moments when I come home from work that I just mentioned are pretty great too that's awesome how about you Annie what's your favorite part about breastfeeding a 10 month old maybe the moment when she's right when she's done yeah because she either she's when she's sleeping I mean like so so now it's it's on the weekend it's just kind of all the time and she's she's done and she just kind of rolls away and she's ready to keep walking (laughs) and learn what she's doing but um it's it's when she's falling asleep at the end of the day and she kind of she knows when she's done and she kind of just moves to her finger yeah. And she puts her thumb in her mouth and then she just kind of like nestles in. But now lately it's like she squirms because I know she just wants to go lay down. Yeah. So I try to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah it's that sweet quiet moment yeah um and i think that also now i don't feel as desperate like like this is her only source of sustenance and this has to i'm not desperate i don't feel nervous it's just it's going okay and i'm actually not sore and so I probably it's not funny my favorite part of breastfeeding is now that I'm at like 11 months and I'm almost done <laughs> at least that's how I feel totally. how about you Jen what's, what's your favorite part about breastfeeding Bryson at this age I think my favorite part at this point is just um, when he's fussy and he's frustrated and there's nothing else that can console him it's just that that moment of knowing that that I can console him and usually he'll go from this like fussy state to just this really peaceful state and it's a really calming um, place I remember with Fiona it was um, she would breastfeed for so much longer and I and I, I had those moments that Sherry was talking about where it was just like so quiet and so peaceful and so nice and Bryson's so much shorter that I do, those moments are so much shorter yeah. and I, I still really relish them I think I would say the same thing too that it's it's the little noises that she makes that she's oh, 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 oh. like she's just it's it's just right there you yeah. can't wait any longer oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> which is so sweet well Annie you know you had mentioned too that you don't have to worry about it being like her just her main sustenance and you had had a question for me outside of this <laughs> um, this episode but you are just asking about you know bringing home maybe not bringing home as much as you were before and how you're not stressing out about that anymore and also just some thoughts about things that you can start introducing now that she's actually 11 months old but how are you handling that right now with with the amount that you're bringing home if you end up bringing home five ounces but she may have taken more how's she doing with that um, she's fine. Yeah. Well, and there. So what happens is, is when I have my period through that cycle, I I make less, and I start to eat oatmeal, and I I mean I I'll, I'm eating it normally anyway, but I start to ramp up on oatmeal and teas and stuff, and then um, I just don't worry about it. And she, the, the, I tried it one day, and she went and had. Um, you know, food and, and the milk. And then, you know, she survived. <laughs> She's yeah. not going to die. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's only going to be a couple of days. It wasn't like it was this um, transition where it was only three to four ounces a day for two weeks at a time. And so I kind of let go and let my cycle process. And then I ramped back up to like six ounces at work. And then I supplement with another um, pump that night. So, um, I just came to the realization that I'll just work through that period of time and it's fine. And, and she's eating fine and she eats like three times a day. And, and so, and, and I look at her and she's fine. Like, you know, she's not super skinny and she's, she's active and she's fine. So the only place I would start to worry is if I felt like there wasn't something developmentally, um, she wasn't hitting her targets or milestones. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think she's fine. So I'm okay. Very cool. And, um, I was going to mention, too, because you had asked me, like, you know, once I get to this point where I'm yeah. not producing as much milk um, it, on a regular basis or you're starting to wean, for example, what can you switch to? And so even at 11 months, you know, at, at 12 months is kind of that time where pediatricians will start feeling comfortable with parents introducing um, cow dairy. And even though a lot of families will actually introduce yogurt way sooner than um, than 12 months. But a lot of times what you can do, even starting at about 11 months, is looking at, you know, coconut milk, for example, is really highly nutritious. And it's not something I would switch to fully. But the fact is, you don't need to, you're still producing a plenty of breast milk. But um, for those times where you felt like she was a little bit thirsty, obviously, you can offer her water at this age, too. But um, coconut milk can be really good. Hemp milk can be really good. Um, Rice milk is a little bit sugary. 
And so, but those are nice little compliments um, when you're doing solids and breast milk and if you feel like you need a little bit extra. And the only thing you're going to look for, same thing like when you're doing solid foods is, is there an allergic reaction? Does my baby have an allergic reaction to the coconut milk or to the hemp milk or whatever it is? Um, and if they do, then obviously it's an, it's an allergenic food for them. But if it's not, then those are really, really nice healthy fats and good substitutes. Or not substitutes, but I should say compliments to everything else that she's getting. So... Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, Annie, Jen, and Cherry will be discussing what solids their babies are eating right now and how to keep going to meet their goal of breastfeeding for a year and beyond. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. So today we're talking with Annie, Jen, and Cherry about breastfeeding during their baby's 10th month. So Cherry, how is uh, Callie doing on solids now? She's not. <laughs> Still taking her time, huh? Yeah, you know, we haven't we haven't really pushed it. I haven't been in any huge hurry for a variety of different reasons. And um, we kind of decided she's 10 months today. And we decided, you know what, maybe today we'll give her a little bit of avocado. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We, we have plans um, this afternoon and we won't be home for a couple hours. So I decided let's just do it when we get home. That way, if there's like if it takes 20 hours or if it doesn't go well or whatever I don't have to worry about you know rushing to be somewhere so we're, we're gonna try that so let next month I'll let you know how it goes but I'm not planning on um necessarily like if it goes well like okay now we're gonna go to you know to solids you oh, know, three sure, times sure. a day or anything like that and we're actually um we're actually about to go on vacation which I'm very excited about it's our first family vacation ever and um I'm almost thinking you know if she was on solids it would be fine but I'm almost actually thinking now that uh, it's maybe better to just that she's not and we can wait till till we come home to kind of go at it a little bit more seriously just because then I don't have to worry about food when we're traveling I can nurse her on the plane and um, I always have breast milk wherever we are I don't have to pump I'm so excited <laughs> I'm going to take a hand pump with me just in case but um, you know I don't have to pump and then also because we cloth diaper and I will be traveling <laughs> with cloth diapers um, to Hawaii I, um, I'm thinking like oh it's going to be so great that she's not really on solids yet because yeah. that's just one less thing to deal with like especially if I'm in a confined space like on a plane so we're, we'll, we'll see you know I'm not in any kind of huge hurry and although I am starting to uh, it's unbelievable starting to plan her birthday <laughs> and I'm now thinking like oh my gosh like well she's you know we're definitely not going to have some sort of like smash cake even if we would it would have been something super healthy like rolled oats cake with agave <laughs> syrup or something but um, but even now I was like well there's no way we're going to do that if she hasn't even like had a bite of anything other than chewing on a carrot there was a, a near choking on a piece of celery incident um, but for the most part you know we haven't done any food yet so we'll 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 see no rush cool very cool all right so and, and that actually gets to a question you know a lot of doctors will actually be cons start getting concerned that um, that babies aren't getting enough iron initially because so what happens is a baby's iron stores that they're born with are perfectly sufficient until babies reach about six to nine months. And then that's when we start introducing iron rich foods and things like that. And so I'm curious for the ladies who, who have been doing a lot more solids, um, 
are you are, are you finding that you're using more iron rich foods now that your babies are about 10 months old if have you even thought about it um, are you using iron drops I know Jen's laughing she's like I know right well I know a lot of people it, it is it is a common question that we get actually a lot is do breastfeed do breastfed babies actually need iron supplements well I would love to comment on this since I'm not doing food actually yeah. I think I have a unique perspective um, not only are we not doing solids but I'm vegan so people were and I have a history of being anemic uh-huh. so people like worry all the time and I know it's a concern about you know does iron transfer into breast milk and formulas are all supplemented with iron or not all of them but many of them and so at her nine month appointment which was I guess was about a month ago um, they which we weren't even going to go to other than he said oh well at nine months we do like to check the baby's iron levels and I was so nervous because I was just like I mean I knew it wouldn't be bad if if there was something there but I'd heard that the supplements can be really binding and constipating and I just didn't want to have to worry about it or didn't want to start getting flack from the doctor about the solids and so they said oh well we can give you the results right now it's really quick which I didn't know that so I was waiting in the room and I had done some research about what time of day iron levels are highest and like I was going to eat certain foods well I didn't do any of that so I'm like (laughs) okay well whatever this is as true a, a measure as I've ever seen and they came back I don't remember the number I did write it down but the nurse came back and said that Kelly had the highest iron levels <laughs> that she had seen in any of the babies that um, she had tested in the last like six months and no I was way. like what so I, I definitely walked out of there giving myself a little pat on the back nice. and I was like because I'm like that's all me and for anyone who like criticizes my vegan diet or, or was concerned about you can't be vegan and breastfeed a baby yes, yes you, you can, can. <laughs> you know and I weighed her yesterday and she's like, I mean, she's just enormous. She was teeny tiny, only like six pounds when she was born and she's like almost 18 pounds. Oh I'm like, God. you know what? And that's all breast milk and no iron issues. So, um, you know, it's not to say that it doesn't happen, but I just wanted to share that. No, know, no. And I yeah. love that you did because I think the most important thing is if you're wondering, get it checked out. Because yeah. that's the thing, too, that I always recommend. And I'm sorry, again, to cut the ladies off because I do want to hear if you guys are, are considering that as part of your um, what you're feeding your kiddos. But the whole thing with the iron supplementation is, is if it's being recommended, just get your baby tested. If they're testing fine, you don't need them because you're right. They can be very binding and constipating. So who needs a constipated baby? I no. mean, it's just <laughs> gassy and uncomfortable. Um, Annie, have you, what kind of foods has Ellie had that are you thinking? I mean, is she on meats? Is Well, I know she's on meat because she ate my buffalo a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but meats, beans, lentils, leafy greens, things like that. Um, are you finding you're able to slip into her into her rotation of foods? Well, and so I didn't know anything about the iron levels other than my own, which I've been taking supplements because I've had um, just little dizziness here and there. Um, But I did introduce meat. We had meat at Robin's house, which was really cool. And so I made her a pasta, which I put kale and carrots and and things inside, hid it inside. And then, um, so she ate the quinoa noodles and the, um, the buffalo and she loved it it was all over her face and i gave I'm her vegan some. and that sounds delicious <laughs> it is it sounds it's, delicious, it's delicious. <laughs> it it's really good <laughs> so and then i uh i gave her chicken yesterday for the first time with and i had made a while ago i had made um a lentil and carrot and something else mixture and when she first tried it she was like blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> like the lentils it just has a distinct flavor yeah. but I knew it has really great protein and and the iron lentils and stuff. Are great. so I've been giving her that too so now that I well and I was just knowing that sort of meats are a good time to introduce now so now that I know about the iron I'll be conscious of the sort of the greens too and all the way through I've given her like kale and spinach with yeah. banana 
I mix those two together. So I don't think that she's, I think she's sucking the iron out of me. Did they test at all at the pediatrician? I don't know because Jesse went, so my oh. husband went, and I don't, he, he was like, I, d- I don't know. I said, well, how much does she weigh? And he goes, well, I don't know. <laughs> what do you what, mean you don't know? I need to know these things. And then there was a whole That is forum. why I take off work every <laughs> I know. time and do it myself. I'm going to go, I'm yeah. going to go next time. So I know. <laughs> But um, he found the paper, and she weighs 19 pounds and something. So nice. I totally thought she was heavier than that, but no. Yes. <laughs> I think Bryson's close to that. I I'm like pretty sure he's more. He's yeah. like 22. Kelly's a yeah. lightweight. Yeah. She's 17, 7, and I thought that she was a lot. She started smaller than them, though, too. She did. Yeah, yeah. Nelly's a month she's, ahead. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Jen, what, what is, um, what's Bryson eating right now? Um, he's eating everything. everything. Crab. So anything that you put in front of him. Yep, crab. Nice. Um, <laughs> shrimp. Nice. Um, uh, lots of beans, lots of vegetables. I do a lot of blending, which really we're at the end of that because he's yeah. so not interested in blended food now. Yeah. He wants to pick it up. He wants to spoon himself. Awesome. That's he's, great. He's doing he's doing really great. Um, and he just does not like it when anybody eats around him and it is not his. <laughs> um, and also, if you're eating anything different than him, that is not okay. I've wondered oh. about that. So he'll, no- he'll oh. notice that? Oh, Yes. And he gets really angry. So <laughs> oh, he's you'll so have funny. you'll have your food that uh, the food that you're giving to him, and then and then I'll you know have whatever I'm eating over on the side, and he'll point at me and go mm, 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 <laughs> like this, and um and then and then and then I'll try and continue feeding him the food I was feeding him, and he'll push it away. <laughs> he wants so, yours. Awesome. So well, it makes cooking a lot easier if you don't have to make different dishes. It's getting to a point now, I, except awesome. for that I still have to make different dishes for Fiona. Fiona. <laughs> Princess. Because she is so picky. Um, <laughs> she really just wants to eat ketchup. Um, <laughs> and that's really it. Um, and she just dips her fingers. Um, so uh, as far as iron, I have to say that I'm I'm terrible. I don't even know what iron-rich foods are. I was I mean, it's not even that big of a deal, too, as long as they're you eating You know what? They gave us drops. <laughs> um, for Fiona and for Bryson. Bryson, uh, I mean, Fiona fed breastfed much longer and didn't eat solids quite as quickly. Um, and I met with this really fantastic doctor who was actually retired. He was just volunteering, coming in and helping. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, there are these waves. Yeah, totally. And we're on the vitamin D wave. <laughs> and he was like, do you take her out into the sun? I mean, without sunscreen. <laughs> and I said, well, yes, of course. And he's like, no, really. I mean, do you let her get sun on her body? And, you know, and don't lather her up, but just let the sun enrich her body, like, at least once a day. And I said, yeah, I think so. And he said, then she's getting vitamin D. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's so funny. So, and he was very sweet about it. And, he, and then I had another doctor who said this, and this was great, too. She was like, vitamin D doesn't hurt them. And I said, well, yeah, that's true. She said, so why not just give it to her? Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a good point, too. So, I mean, to be honest, I'm lazy. I'm not really interested in doing the vitamin D drops, so I just haven't done them. Um, I haven't been tested, so I don't know their levels, but they're super healthy, both of them. So I'm not really concerned about it. But that was the different feedback I got. And I think whichever one you subscribe to, I think both are great. It doesn't hurt them. So if you're going to give it to them, just give it to them. And I think with the amount of food that Bryson's eating and the variety of food, like I wouldn't be worried about an yeah, iron not deficiency. At all. Not I had at never all. even thought about it when I was feeding my kids at this age. And it was actually, it's, I hope my pediatrician's not listening, but we had brought him in at, you know, at six years and they wanted to do an iron test. And I was like, have you met my kid? Like, <laughs> he has so much energy. And I know that that's not always yeah. the big, th- you know, the main thing. But, uh, but a large sign is, is lethargy. And I was yeah. like, yeah. 
my I mean he bounces off the walls all over the place I'm like I promise you when he's showing Maybe signs I need my iron levels checked yeah, actually no, right your postpartum mom yeah. is a little bit different I mean yes. this is a six-year-old yeah. but again you know there are signs <laughs> of yeah. iron deficiency and I said yeah. as soon as I see those I'll let you prick his finger but yeah. until then but you know I think one of these um a lot of a lot of these topics about being deficient for this or having to supplement for that a lot of it just comes from formula because you know breast milk is just breast milk but then we see formula that um, you know, fortified with this and has vitamin D and iron and AHA and omega-3s and omega-6s and this, that and the other. And then all of a sudden, you know, not not to knock the formula company. Well, I love knocking formula companies. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sometimes it, it makes us feel deficient. Like, well, do we have all of that? Like, I don't have I love extra- that you brought that up. The reason is, is because iron in breast milk is bioavailable. So the amount of iron in breast milk is actually lower than in other substances because it's so readily available that the babies can take it in and process it the way that they need to. When we get it from, as adults even, we get them in supplements and things like that, we have to take them in larger dosages because our body doesn't know how to break it down when it's in a foreign substance. And so that's why things like Floridex, for example, is a easy way for us to get iron as adults to take it in that form because it's literally pulverized superfoods and so but anything in pill form or when we're giving iron drops things like that or iron supplemented in um in formula for example it's because the body doesn't know how to break it down well so they have lots of higher things so you're right when we're comparing breastfed babies to babies who are getting fed in other ways it's different we have to supplement with certain things because those substances don't have what breast milk is. So whereas a lot of us, what the marketing, you know, formula marketing companies do such a good job because they're showing that it has all of this. And so a lot of times breastfeeding moms are like, well, does mine have that? Just remember, they're always trying to make it as good as breast milk. Keep that in your mind. Yes, you have all of that stuff in there. They're always trying to compete with us. And so that's where the, they, they do a good job at marketing. They have a lot more dollars than us breastfeeding moms with boobs. Um, but anyhow, I did want to ask one final question. And um, I know that we're you know coming up on a year. And for, um, for Annie, you had mentioned that was kind of your first initial goal. Jen, I know you were kind of, you know, looking at a year or two, Cherry, you were kind of going for two. And so how are you guys staying motivated to just keep going on? Jen, how about you? Um, you know, I think I think I stay motivated as long as he stays interested. Yeah. So that's sort of an easy motivation. If he's interested and I only work five hours a day, so it's a little bit different than Annie in terms of um, I don't have to work as hard at pumping. I have to say that lately I have not been pumping um, or like pumping once haphazardly it's just I'm not working that hard at it but but when I come home he's interested still um and it's occasional but it's enough um and I do know with Fiona that that um I breastfed her I think 18 months 19 months and um and I wasn't really supplying all that much towards the last six months or so but it still was enough like it still kept coming so it's like even though it's not like coming in 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 um in full and and a lot um it still comes and it's still enough to satisfy her and give her that comfort that she wanted and so for bryson i think as long as he wants it and it's and he's still you know it still comforts him then i'm probably going to do it my only fear is that i have a trip on this coming week to new york and then in two more weeks i have another trip to fresno all for work and i'll be gone for like five days four days and it's a whole lot of pumping and I'm so not that interested in pumping. So my only part of me wishes, oh, I should just wean them before these trips so I don't have to do all this pumping. But then the other part of me thinks that 
no, I'll be really sad about that because it will be forced, and I'm not really interested in forcing anything. Mm-hmm. So, how about you, Annie? Um, I am getting really used to the idea of not pumping at work. Really, really. <laughs> and, well, I'm saying, and you can. Like, a yeah. lot of women stop pumping around this time, 10, yeah. 11, 12 months, too. So. And I've made it through the day where I didn't really need to, and as soon as I got home, I pumped um, if she wasn't ready to, to or I fed her, you know, whatever. Um, so the idea of just feeding her in the morning and at night is starting to sound really good. I'm not ready to be done. I've recognized that. Um so I don't know what it's going to look like over the course of, we have a, a big trip that I kind of wanted to be in a good place for in June. Um, so if that meant at, in morning and at night, that's all we did. And then the during the day, that would be okay with me. Um, and then kind of wean her to towards the end of July. I think that's what I'm planning because the end of July, I have a weekend trip where we'll just be gone. So um, without her, which will be really scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. How about you, Cherry? I'm not really struggling with motivation. I think, you know, for me, we... I, I don't even know where to start. We we struggled so much at the beginning. We had so many problems, the oversupply, the Raynaud's, the overactive letdown, the pain, just everything that, and, you know, we worked so hard to get to it that now that we're in a good place, I'm like, I'm not in any rush to, to give up. But at the same time, just like um, Jen mentioned, I'm interested as long as she's interested. And so even though I have this goal of going, you know, for two years, if she woke up and was, you know, 14 months and decided she was done, I'd be sad, but then that would be her choice. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to for sure definitely get through to a year, and I feel like that's definitely easy. I kind of have that one in the bag, and then we'll just play it by ear. And hopefully it won't be – it won't look the same the second year as the first year, and I'm really looking forward to not having to pump at work. I'm pumping – I used to pump twice a day. Now it's like, you know, maybe two, three days a week I pump twice a day, and then the other half of the week it's only once, and I'm gone a lot longer than Jen. I mean, sometimes I have eight to ten hour shifts, but – it is what it is. I, st- I do notice that when I only pump once, um, I do get a lot of milk because I've gone yeah. a little bit longer. You know, I don't pump at the same time. So if I normally pump at 10 and I'm only going to pump once, it's it's not planned. It's usually like it's noon. I haven't pumped yet. Crap. And then it's 1230. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I'm going home at five. So whatever. And I still have enough milk to give her. So it hasn't been an issue. So I just I just keep going. And I, you know, I have my days um, where it sucks. But those are few and far between and I usually just focus on getting through the one day. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you so much ladies for your sharing of your experience with breastfeeding your babies for the 10th month of their life. And um, for the Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Annie, Jen, and Sherry will discuss how ant flow has affected their supply. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit the website at theboobgroup.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we wrap things up, Here's Lara Adello talking about ways to overcome societal booby traps. Hi, Boob Group listeners. I'm Lara Adello, a certified lactation educator, the retail marketing manager at Best for Babes, and owner of Mama Pear Designs. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about how you can achieve your personal breastfeeding goals 
without being undermined by cultural and institutional booby traps, such as what are the myths about labor medications and their effects on breastfeeding? Pain medications are routinely used during labor, with some hospitals boasting epidural rates as high as 98 and 99%. And while they may not affect your baby's health, they can affect your baby's ability to breastfeed in the immediate postpartum period. Research is where we get the information we need to make recommendations, and this evidence-based information needs to make its way to mothers. Otherwise, it's just another booby trap. The Impact of Birthing Practices on Breastfeeding by Linda Smith has to say, Injections into the epidural space are quickly detectable in cord blood. Pain relief drugs cross the placenta and reach the fetus or infant very quickly, in a matter of seconds to a few minutes. The drugs are designed to numb sensory nerves in the mother, and therefore, they also affect sensory and motor nerves in the infant that affect rooting, sucking, and breathing. One common myth is that once medication has worn off in you, it is also worn off in your baby. Not so with a number of drugs. The pediatric half-life, a measure of the duration of a medication in your system, of many labor medications is higher than the maternal half-life, meaning... They may affect your baby's ability to breastfeed after you no longer feel the effects. Another myth is that there are forms of medication which don't get to the baby. And the truth is, all drugs taken by the mother reach the baby. And the third myth is that there are standard epidural which all anesthesiologists use. The truth is that epidurals can vary, both in terms of the medications used and the dosage. And of course, the dose you and your baby get depends on how long you have one. Other consequences of epidurals which can affect breastfeeding because they lead to a cascade of interventions which can ultimately lead to a cesarean birth. Epidural use also raises the risk of maternal fever, infant fever, and consequent separation of mother and baby for the evaluation and treatment of those conditions. Should you choose pain medications in labor, you can still have a wonderful breastfeeding experience. Best for Babes believes that you deserve to know what the evidence says about labor medications and breastfeeding and that you deserve support should you experience breastfeeding difficulty for this or any other reason. A special thank you to Tanya Lieberman, IBCLC, for writing the Booby Trap series for Best for Babes. Visit www.bestforbabes.org for more great information about how to meet your personal breastfeeding goals. In my business, www.mamaperdesigns.com for breastfeeding supportive wearables. And be sure to listen to The Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. So this wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents. And our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Coming up next week, we have Barbara Robertson from the Breastfeeding Center of Ann Arbor discussing introducing solids to your breastfed baby. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, 
or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.